Hello, everybody. My name is Derek Arden and welcome to Monday Night Live. Tonight, I have a very special guest who's in Nashville, Tennessee tonight at the uh, UK at the uh, USA speaking convention. And she's taken a time out from a very busy schedule of some of the top speakers in the world to join Monday Night Live. Karen, thanks so much for joining us. Good day. Good day, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that doesn't sound like an American good day. Let me tell you just a little bit about Karen. Uh, Karen was born in Australia, is a New York-based entertainer, singer, motivational speaker, voiceover artist, and songwriter. That is fantastic CV. They put on Google for you, uh, Karen. Um, tell us about you. I am from a town called Mackay right near Great Australia's Great Barrier Reef. And when I was seven years old uh, on the TV, I saw the most important and most influential person in the entire world. That was Olivia Newton-John. And I was inspired by her from that very young age. I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to become a professional singer and move to America. And ultimately that is what I did. Wow. Why did you want to move to America? Well, I wanted to move to America because Olivia Newton-John had come here and everybody loved her. She was this blonde Australian singer who'd come here and she was a huge success and she was able to sing and she was just in demand. And I, I wanted to be like that. I wanted to be able to sing for people. Um, Later in my life, I discovered that why I really wanted to come to America was there is a an extraordinary sense of possibility in America. When America is at its best, it is all possibility thinking and it is encouragement. So, you know, in, in, in many of my experiences traveling to America and then living here for over 20 years, it's you say you want to do something and the response so often is, oh, how can I help you with that? Who can I introduce you to? It's an encouragement. Um, it's a tone of encouragement and atmosphere encouragement that is just un, unequaled. And I love to live in a, an environment filled with possibility thinking. Fantastic. And you fly backwards and forwards quite often. So I guess you've got a lot of air miles. Well, yes, I'm a million miler, thank goodness, in these travel times. <laughs> wow, wow. And why do you go backwards and forwards all the time? Well, pre-pandemic, um, pre I was based in New York City, but would travel back to Australia two or three times a year, my family being in Australia. And also, I have clients there that I had been servicing however or serving but however um since march of 2020 i have been based back in australia and this is my first trip back to the us since then so this has been really a very healing trip seeing loved ones uh performing concerts being in the studio you know it's been a it's an, been an amazing trip of reconnecting okay well what we all want to know now is how come your voice is in all our cars I'm ready to tell you everything. Good, let's go. So I arrived in New York City in the early 2000s and then I found out about a client who was looking for a native Australian 
female voiceover artist living in the northeast of the United States. And I saw that description. I'm like, this is a description of me. This job must be mine. And I went to the audition and uh, they asked me to uh, to read this read a script. And it's a little uh, a little more fun if you close your eyes when I do this next part and you don't have to. So they had me say things like at the next intersection, turn left and uh, and sentences like um, you have reached your destination and everybody's favorite or not so favorite recalculating. And I came out of the booth after saying these these words on the script and the client said, that's fabulous. We want to hire you. I got the job on the spot, which really hasn't happened very much in uh, the entertainment business in my life. And she, the client said, like, we need to take you to a town in upstate New York. We need you for three weeks. You are going to record a script that is 50 hours in length. And we need 50 hours of recording so that we can chop up this voice, uh, you know, this cap we're going to capture every combination of syllables possible. Then we can chop that up and create a voice system based on your speaking voice. Wow. And the rest is history, is it? Well, you know, it, it was two years later when I had a call from a friend who said, oh, Karen, um, my husband and I were driving from Maine uh, down the coast back to New York City after the Christmas holidays. And I bought my husband one of those new GPS thingos for Christmas. And we're driving and, and he said, I'll put it on the Australian voice. And I did. I put it on the Australian voice. And oh, my God, Karen, it's you. It's your speaking voice in the GPS. And I turned to my husband and I said, oh, no. I bought you Karen Jacobson for Christmas. And that is how I found out that my speaking voice had ended up in what is now over a billion GPS devices and smartphones and elevators and cruise ships and software applications around the world telling people where to go and what to do while I'm here with you right now. Wow. Now, uh, my more blunt friends, where I first met you at the uh, Golden Gate Breakfast Club, asked you, of course, you must be a millionaire with the royalties that are coming in from being in one billion people's cars. But I don't think that was quite the deal that you cut with them at the time, was it? Well, can we just pass around a plate virtually so that... So, <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, it's... um. How do I say it? Well, there are, there are very, very large businesses and then there are those of us who work in the performing arts. Yeah. And uh, valuing somebody's contribution financially is not uh, is is unfortunately seldom a match in that in in that equation. Well, I knew what you were going to say straight away because when you're in a, in a trial with uh, ten other people, they can actually offer you what you want, and I'm sure your body language, which is very positive, said, "I'd like this job," and therefore they could uh, get you for whatever fee that they thought was fair and fair is not a good word in negotiating it's a, it's a bad get away word. with <laughs> well, absolutely yeah well well it was um and it was a take it or leave it deal that's that's sometimes how it how it goes but um you know what i do feel good about is uh certainly the really joyful interactions with people who 
often when they find out it's my voice that they have as their companion, whether it be in a car or in a phone or uh, the wonderful trips we've taken together, which people will come and tell me as if I was there with them on those trips or the names that they have for their GPS, the relationship they have built with their GPS. You know, it is there's a familiarity that is um, really beyond words. It's really uh, a, a beautiful experience and it's uplifting and brings a lot of joy to people. And um, at any time in life, that's wonderful, but particularly in these times. Just for clarification, do I have to have my... GPS voice switch to Australian English, US you do. English, or UK English. You need to switch it to Australian Karen. And and I have uh, recently learned that in many uh, mobile phones, uh, in all mobile phones, actually, whether it be from whichever company uh, or style, if you go into the um, accessibility function, you look in there you can actually choose a voice in the accessibility function and there's karen and there's enhanced karen we not quite sure what enhanced karen is but i was very excited to read that there is such a thing as enhanced karen but uh in that accessibility app uh function you turn that on and if you might imagine having a a vision challenge um and you want to do something on your phone and you move your finger across the the screen and it will say text messaging, email, clock, calculator, and it enables, so my voice speaks uh, when, when somebody is trying to navigate their phone. Um, you know, I've had people from the vision impaired community reach out to me over many years and and say, you, your voice is with me all day, every day. You speak every email I get and every text message. And in those cases, when I've responded, um, I've had people say, it's so strange. Your voice is responding with your message. So so that that is a, a part of it that I feel very good about. That's fantastic. That's a great honor and privilege, isn't it? For, uh, Agreed. You, for us as speakers to, to do things like uh, like that. I saw you, I looked at some of your YouTube uh, clips, which were great. I saw you on that uh, program, Guess Who I Am. Uh, I don't know if anyone looked at that. I, um, it's, it's on Karen's YouTube channel and uh, they guessed you quite quick. Was that a fix or something? I know, no, but I, I, I don't know how. <laughs> I don't get recognized going down the street. Certainly oh. not yet. No, I, I, my voice sometimes is recognized, but not from, from, um, from seeing me. Now you've recorded 11 albums. That's absolutely fantastic. And I know Carl Walsh has, uh, has got, to, has bought two of them. Which is the, uh, which is your favorite and which one should we be downloading after you've given us your valuable time? Well, I'm reaching across here to see if I can actually find a copy of it in my bag, which I don't think I have handy, but um, the one that I do have a picture of the cover, the one that uh, is brand new is this one ready ready for what i came here for now I'm not. it's a little bit out of focus so um there we um, go yeah if i hold it right next to me that's going to work ready what? for what i came here for okay yeah and they're available digital digitally um on my website karenjacobson.com and i have been filming really beautiful visuals with my uh songs for my music videos 
I put together a creative team in Australia and have been directing those music videos to showcase the beauty of the area I'm living in and elevate the arts in the area. So um, so I, I consider there to be a lot of very uplifting messages and and if you need a boost, the, those those videos are a good place to go. Fantastic. Now your keynote, and you're not keynoting this time at uh, NSA, are you? I don't think you are, or you wouldn't be here. You'd probably be like me, a bag of nerves shaking at the back of the stage. But uh, your keynote is linked to your voice recognition on GPS, isn't it? And it's called recalculating. And I think that's a great metaphor for thinking about uh, how we stop and take a time out. Tell us a little bit more about that. Thank you. Well, when after people would come up to me and be very familiar with me as if they knew me from my voice being in the GPS, I I knew there was something in it and I wasn't sure what there was to do. And ultimately, I made the connection between recalculating in the car and use that principle in life and in business and that it is never too late to recalculate and that it's really about shifting the energy and letting go of what did or did not happen on a daily basis. So from that, I created the five directions for recalculating process and have enjoyed uh, many experiences traveling and speaking to groups at corporate uh, events and and all kinds of events actually and it's a it's an uplifting message and, and a, a useful skill set to be able to navigate change powerfully you said there were five have you got time to share what the five were in in that recalculating to notice you are off route to be willing to change direction to clarify your destination then to embrace the steering wheel and to accelerate wow that's powerful that's really powerful it's it i i if i might just say a little bit about the first one which is to notice your off route you know there are there are times in life where we don't want to see or acknowledge or we actually cannot even see that things are not going the way that we want to and that we really want to make a shift of some description. But it is in that moment when we bring awareness and we, we become aware, oh, this isn't working. When we're willing to say that, when we notice it and we're, we say that, that is the moment we can really do something about it. And I think that can be, uh, can be very challenging to admit that to ourselves. And is, is, that a, is that a book, Karen? Because Tim Durkin wants to get hold of it as fast as possible. It is. I do, have, uh, I do have two books, and one of them is Recalculate Directions for Driving Performance Success. And within that book, I, um, it's, a, it's a journal-style book, and it, it is um, designed to, uh, to spark thought and ideas. And so there's, there's a a page of a description of, of a certain topic and or exercise and then then room to write in that book um, to really, yeah, to really elevate ourselves, to, to pay attention to what we, the kind of life we would really love to be having and to be able to deliver at our very best. So many people aren't having the lives they want and um, they don't know how to get out of it. So. Uh... It's a great, uh, great title and a great thing 
to think about. Changing the subject slightly, I'm always being curious about the difference between Brits, Australians and Americans. Now you're traveling backwards and forwards. What's your take on, on all three or just particularly Australia and, um, and USA? Are people more aggressive and more upfront? Uh, do they say what they mean clearer or uh, what's your view? Well, you've caught me at a moment where I've, I'm having some very interesting, to me, insights about um, the differences culturally in Australia and in America. And if I may actually just tell it as I am experiencing it right now, it's well, not when exactly... I, I am recording this, Karen. I'll just warn you about that. So. Well, that's okay. I, 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 I think the biggest observation on this particular trip is that, um, and I do think it underpins a, a lot of uh, how society works in both countries, is, and it was an observation also from my American husband, um, that the value of human life um, is considered as much a much higher priority in Australia than it is in America. And I find that, almost odd to say but it's definitely definitely my experience and one small example which led to this comment or this this insight was uh, we were driving and uh, in in the united states and we were in a small town but we came across some roadworks and there were there was there were three people there was some equipment it wasn't very well marked and signed. Um, one person had some high visibility, you know, safety gear on, but the others didn't. It was just, we had to really, oh, oh, there's, there are roadworks and oh, we'd better stop. And in Australia, when there are some kind of roadworks anywhere, the high vis is top to toe and the signs are enormous. And it's it's it'll be in five kilometers it'll be in three kilometers it'll be in it's just it's one one could say it's oh they've gone overboard but the the safety levels are just it's just immense and we were really struck by the difference in that example and that's where that insight came from and i i um yeah i we are experiencing, you know, a country with with tremendous social services and and healthcare, etc., and 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 other very noticeable differences in quality of life um, to the wider United States. And so, so that's just been a really interesting uh, experience during this trip. And now, having said that, living in parts of America. Um, it seems different to what I'm saying, but when you look at the the totality of the country and you take take into account the numbers in the in total, it's um it's I think relevant. Sure, that's really helpful. In fact, we've had a number of discussions with Tim and with Carl from America on this subject, and we're going to have some more as well because there is quite a huge difference between our um, three countries with um, with the same language. And of course, there's a lot of different meanings as well. That's right. And I'm look, I'm a humanitarian. I, I, I want every single human being to be taken care of, to be heard, to be 
understood to be loved to be cared for that's that's where i come from and i i i feel very strongly about that and um well i'm just a very heart-led human being and i i would i stand for you know finding a way that we can create a world that works for everybody because oh. even those of us who are very fortunate and have a lot of privilege and have uh, have um, an amazing quality of life for me it doesn't work if there are others who don't and there's too many of those i just want to change the subject but could you just say recalculating for me again to give me a break Re recalculating fantastic well recalculating we talked um before about how you write songs and there's some very interesting uh, research on Paul McCartney, the Rolling Stones and the groups I like about how they wrote those songs, maybe in trance, maybe under drugs, maybe whatever, I don't know. How do you do it? Well, I've written songs since I was seven years of age and I was sitting in our family living room and this, this um, melody and this lyric just came into my head and I wasn't sure what it was but I knew it was important and I had to figure out a way to write it down, even at that very young age. So I've been writing songs from then on. And for a lot of years, I would write when I was in motion. So if I was on a train, if I was in a car, just walking along the street, that for me tapped me into a creative space when I was in motion right away. Um, I have, as you said, released um, 11 albums and I have, I have uh, in these last few years been studying transcendental meditation and it was, uh, we, I meditate twice a day for 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the afternoon, which has had a profound effect on my, um, on my own uh, daily quality of life. But at, at one point uh, in one of my meditations, I had a song idea and melody like fully formed coming into my mind and when you study meditation they say now you've got to stay with the breath if you have a thought let it go just stay in the moment so I was being a very good girl and doing that and letting go of this melody that was coming but this kept happening and one day I the idea I think was just so strong I was like I've got to record this so I picked my phone up I interrupted my meditation and I pressed voice memo and I recorded the idea and then I went back to the meditation and I have found now that a great percentage of my new songs come through uh, during meditation and songs on my um, on my forthcoming, my new album, The Slipstream, um, including that single, have come as a result of that space of meditation. And I there it plugs into something that i i the divine i i well all i know is i'm going with it and doing a lot less trying and working hard around my creativity and a lot more listening and uh being in the flow i suppose i would call yeah, it yeah, that's i guess that's what it is uh, tim dirk is desperate to know if you met olivia newton dijon Olivia ah! yeah he needs to know this and maybe some of the other guys do as well but uh, uh they won't admit it on on here 
Oh my goodness. Well, um, how much longer do we do we speak for, Derek? About five minutes, if that's all right with you. Do you need to get back? If you need to get back, just go. No, no, I do not. So I had this, there was this mover and shaker businessman and he invited me to this gala and it was uh, at Cipriani on Wall Street. He said there are going to be all these VIPs there, celebrities and and uh, I want you to come and come to the event and with, with bring your husband. And on the big night we arrived, my husband's there in his... Um, tuxedo and i'm i'm wearing my i'm gonna meet lots of fabulous celebrities tonight dress and we walk into the room and it's just gorgeous down on wall street and and the business person spotted me and said come with me and and heralded me across the room where there was this swarm of people and and pushed me into the middle where there was somebody standing there and there i was standing face to face with the most important and influential person in the world olivia newton john did you um did you go speechless i started yes i did I, I went speechless and then i started to gush and i said oh i have every major decision i've ever made in my life i want to thank you because from where i live to what i do is because of you and she said oh that's such a lovely thing to say um what's your name and i said oh karen jacobson and olivia newton john said and i kid you not <laughs> you're karen jacobson i love your cd Wow. I am still getting over it. <laughs> wow, that is fantastic. That's absolutely uh, brilliant. We're coming to the end of the interview, Karen. Uh, there might be a few people that would like you to stay on if you've got a few minutes just to answer I do. personal questions. That would be great. But can I just ask you to say recalculating just once more for us all, please? Recalculating. That's fantastic. Karen Jacobson, thanks for joining Monday Night Live. Uh, your CDs are available on your website, which is uh, karenjacobson.com. And can I ask everybody to give the usual round of applause for Karen for Monday Night Live? Just switch back to speak of you. Thanks, Karen. And uh, look forward to having you on the show again, perhaps next time from Australia. We'll make you get up at three o'clock in the morning like Winston Marsh did last week absolutely brilliant thanks a lot <laughs>